The Naked DJs Podcast. Are they really naked? We know they expose themselves every day just so they can bring you the best of music. They like to stick it out there for everyone to hear. You can hear their podcast on Anchor.fm, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about fibromyalgia. I know there are a lot of people out there suffering with that, so maybe you can get some information and learn about how you can get assistance that you might not be getting right now, as I am joined by Millie Velez. Millie is the founder of the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America. She was diagnosed in 2007 with fibromyalgia. She was frustrated after years of not getting the help and the care that she needed. So she founded the organization in the year 2015. The Fibromyalgia Care Society of America is the only entity that provides specialized programs like fresh food delivery, and virtual assistance to the community. Millie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'll start off with I am a mom of four young adults, um, grandma of one precious angel. And um, like you stated before, and a person living with with fibromyalgia, um, I was diagnosed in 2007 and um, life as I knew it changed for me overnight. I went from being a person with um, lots of energy and a photographic memory to being a person that could not remember um, my words and that um, could could not do um, everything that was being thrown at her anymore because of, of the fatigue. Um, and I thought that the diagnosis um, would, would bring me relief. I thought that there was a miracle pill or a miracle cure out there that would um, help me go back to being the person I once was. And it took me years to figure out that that was not going to happen, and, but that there were ways to manage the condition. And since I've... Um, learned along the journey how to manage it and um and how it takes an individual approach because the way I manage it may be very different than the person sitting next to me also living with fibromyalgia. I I I felt it was my duty to to share that with the rest of the community and use my background in social services to to share that with the community as well. So tell everybody for those who might not be aware Tell us what fibromyalgia is and tell us the symptoms and how somebody might know that they might have it or or know to try to get some help. Sure. So um, fibromyalgia is a nervous system disorder. Um, um, The most common symptoms are pain, um, chronic pain, 
fatigue, so chronic pain that lasts, sorry, longer than a couple of months, um, fatigue and cognitive impairment. It, um, it really does take a multifaceted approach to, to getting it managed, but it also takes a multifaceted approach or doctors take a multifaceted approach to getting it diagnosed. Most, most doctors do what um, is considered a workup. So they will rule out every other um, autoimmune disorder before they give you a fibromyalgia diagnosis. However, today there is a blood test that can test for fibromyalgia and not many doctors know of it because it's not something that they have access to in their labs, but there is a, a FM test that people that believe they have fibro can send for, and then their doctors can, can draw the blood and send it back to, to these labs and, um, and give them a diagnosis. There also is a tool that was put out by Pfizer um, and it, 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 it is available online. It also is available on our website where doctors can check off a series of questions and based on the total score, um, they're able to, to say you meet the criteria for fibromyalgia. And this is something that we are, we are pushing um, for doctors to use either the blood test or this tool that was um, that is listed on the Pfizer website, and, but it was also developed by, I'm sorry, the American College of Rheumatology. And we're pushing that because what, what, what the statistics say is that it takes six and a half years for, for a diagnosis. And what we're finding is that people are unnecessarily suffering for, for many years. Because if you don't know what you have, but you're living with daily fatigue, you're dealing daily, daily you're living daily with with pain in your body that takes a toll over over time on the person. And we do know that there are modalities out there that can make the person feel more better, give them a better quality of life. Um, so we feel the sooner the person can get the diagnosis, the sooner we can help them reclaim their lives and learn how to manage it um, so that they're not unnecessarily suffering for so many years waiting for a diagnosis from, from a doctor. Talk about the statistics. How many people do you think might be living with fibromyalgia either in America or maybe even throughout the world? You, you, you know that, 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 that question, it depends on who you ask. They, they, there's such a huge range. I've heard, I've heard 4 million and I've heard up to 14 million. And I, um, more recently, I was using the, the seven, 7 million. I was like, okay, let me go right in the middle. And that's where I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the 7 million because it's right in the middle of what everyone else is saying. Um, but more recently, I've updated that to be more 10 to 14 million. And that's more because of the pandemic. Um, I'm hearing a lot of people are getting diagnosed with, with, with what's considered COVID fibro um, and um, that they're developing fibromyalgia from, from, the, from the pandemic as a result of, of the pandemic. So because of that, and the more I go out and I meet with people in the community and, and I'm seeing more people coming with this diagnosis, I've since changed my numbers to, 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 to a wider range, but um, they, they're, they're just guesstimates. Um, no one has a number, no one is, um, there's no data bank that is even collecting this. Um, 
and saying, you know, this, there's this many people, which there should be someone collecting that. Um, but there, there, there hasn't been, and there currently isn't. It's, it's all sort of guesstimates, and we're, 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 we're using what the NIH is saying or what the CDC is saying, plus what the other not-for-profits that have done work in the fiber community are saying, and then just coming up with this, with this guesstimate based on, on those numbers but there isn't really an accurate number out there for us. Not yet. We'll talk about your organization, Fibromyalgia Care Society of America. Tell us how you found it and how you are getting all the resources that you are getting. Is there some type of grant or how are you funding all this? So my organization or our organization because it's a not-for-profit it doesn't belong to me it belongs to the con to the constituents um was 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 founded in 2015 and it actually came out of a fundraiser so i had been you know researching fibromyalgia and what was out there for the community and i kept seeing there were many um crowdfunding walks out there for the community and bringing people together and what I had found from the beginning of my diagnosis when I was um, gathering with the community and getting to know more people with fibromyalgia, I kept hearing how people felt misunderstood and how they felt alone. So out of that, I, I, I had a, an idea that I wanted to do a walk to bring the community together so that they can see how many of us are there and that we're not alone. And so that we can raise awareness and um, get more of the attention that we should be getting. Um, and what I learned really quickly on from that walk was that people needed more than a walk. Um, people were coming to me, they were sharing their stories with me, they were, they were, they were telling me some heart-wrenching stories. And my background, as I said earlier, has always been in social services. So I went as I was planning the walk, I started thinking, how can I fill this void in the community 365 days a year? It's not enough to just have one walk during the month of May and everyone feels great and everyone's happy, but then everyone goes back to their home and, and, and they don't have any support. And that's how, how the FCSA was, was birthed. It was birthed out of a crowdfunding walk that, um, that I did that year. The money that was raised did go to um, another not-for-profit um, because I did not have a not-for-profit at that time. But that same year, I did file for my 501c3 and um, we started the FCSA. And me knowing that there wasn't um, much out there, um, especially a lot of people weren't paying attention or really caring about the fiber community, um, I focused my efforts on two things. One was continuing to do events to bring the community together. Um, and at the same time, also fundraising for the community. And with, and I was doing this on a volunteer basis. I had a full-time job at that point. And um, through that, I was able to, to raise the funds that I have today to do the programming that I'm currently doing. But we do not get any government money. We don't get any city, state, or federal funding. Um, I'm hoping now with the with the, oh, my plan with the virtual coordinated care program, which is slated to start in January, is that we will have um, the data necessary to go back to these entities and say, we developed this program and it works. And I can prove to you that it works because I have the data to prove that it works. And, um, and how are you gonna help me and help, help millions out there that, that need our help? 
um, because the program that I'm currently starting is only in the state of New Jersey, um, but it can be rolled out easily to, to other states. Um, but obviously we need, we need funding for that. We, 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 need, we need money to do that because we need the people. Um, I'm lucky to have volunteers that help me with stuff. I'm lucky to have some, some people that have come on as, um, as employees um, or as consultants, but are not um, being paid what, what they're worth. Um, but they're doing it because it's, it's, from, it's work that's coming from the heart because the cause is near and dear to them and they believe in the model, they believe in the program and they know that it's necessary in the community. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that in 2022, we will have um, grant money and, and foundation money, but currently we are only operating on donations that we get from, from people that hear about us and people that come to our, our events and support us. Well, tell us about, you talked about the virtual coordinated assistance program. Tell us about the programs that you do have um, with, your, with your organization. Sure. So we started rolling out programming this, this year um, during the pandemic. And what we initially started with was um, emergency assistance grants. So I kept hearing how, um, you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic and I was hearing how so many people were losing their jobs, how there were so many people living with um, food insecurities, um, how many, many people were, you know, all over the United States were, and, and the world were, uh, were being impacted by the, by the pandemic and me knowing that, you know, fibromyalgia is a nervous system disorder and that um, stress can exacerbate our symptoms. It, um, it, it concerned me for my community. Um, I was like, okay, so, but you know, what is being done for, for the community? So we, we started with um, offering emergency assistance grants to people that had been impacted by COVID-19 who had a, either been um, unemployed or had, um, had been impacted in some way. So, so one of the other things was we, we, we did have um, a recipient that was a nurse that although she wasn't unemployed, she was working, but because she was working in the healthcare system and the ACA had given them only this, I think it was like 10 days of, of leave that they can use um, for, for COVID. And she, her story was that she, every time she got sick, she had to be put out of work, but now she had exhausted those days. She had exhausted her days, but she, so now she was, it was, it was financially impacting her because now she wasn't being paid the days that she was home because of, of COVID and we were able to, to help her as well. So it wasn't only unemployed people, there were people that had um, very particular stories that um, were impacted financially by fibro. And what I saw was, although we put out, we put out different grants and we put out grants, you know, we did a rental assistance grant, we did um, a utilities assistance grant, and then we put a food assistance grant. And what I saw was um, for the food assistance grant, we got a lot of applications that, that was where most of the need was. Um, so out of that, um, we then developed um, the fresh food program where we deliver fresh food boxes every two weeks to people living with fibromyalgia. We do deliver it to their, to their home because as I stated in, in the beginning, 
One of the symptoms is fatigue. And there are many people living with fibromyalgia that are disabled, unemployed, or um, homebound because of fibromyalgia. So we were like, we can't, we can't ask these people to come to us to pick up a box um, that may be even too heavy for them to carry or that um, they may not even be able to, to, to be transported back and forth. So we deliver the food food to them. And then now the, the third programming that we're going to be launching in January is the virtual coordinated care program that I spoke about. Can you tell us about more about that program or you just want to wait till it, till it gets closer? No, no, I can tell you more. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of this program. So we are starting a virtual coordinated, coordinated care program and um, there, which also came as a result of the pandemic. We always wanted to do a coordinated care program. That was always one of our goals from the beginning. From 2015, when we started the FCSA, we were always talking about a center of excellence and it was gonna be a coordinated care program that would have wraparound services. And what the pandemic taught me was that we can do this virtually. And the more I thought about it, it made more sense. Um, it made more sense because especially with our community, which I said earlier, you know, from one day to another, they, they can be um, struggling with chronic fatigue and may not be able to get up and get out of their house and make it to a building where we would be providing services. Um, it also made more sense because it's open to this, like I said, the pilot program is open to the state of New Jersey. So it also opens us up to, I'm located in, in North Jersey. So it opens us up to people from South Jersey, people from Central Jersey living with fibromyalgia can also join because they're joining from, 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 their, from the comfort of their, of their home. So it, it made more sense to do it virtually. And um, we, we're going to be providing case management. So everyone will be assigned a case manager um, and the case manager can help them, will, will help them meet their, their goals. So they will set up goals um, from in the beginning. Um, some will be short-term goals and one will be a long-term goal. Many people um, that I've spoken to and people that have applied um, have said, you know, I want, I used to work and I, and Fibro took that away from me. I wanna be able to work. Um, again. So that may be the long-term goal. It's, it may be, you know, where you want to work, that's your long-term goal at the end of the program. We're going we're gonna to help you do what you need to do so you can go back into the workforce, but what do you need to do before you can get there um, will be the short-term goals. And then we also have um, a social worker that is a person living with fibromyalgia herself, um, and she will be providing talk therapy to anyone who who wants it that is not mandatory that is um something that we are offering and um and we're hoping and we will encourage people to to attend that because we do see or what we do know there's so many unknowns with fibromyalgia but what we do know is that the root cause is trauma and it could be physical trauma or emotional trauma and um so so we we will encourage people to 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 speak with our social worker and hopefully work through what whatever that particular trauma in their life um was is or um the traumas that have been um we will also be doing a lot of groups with um with our participants and um the groups will all Wrap, will all be around things that we can use to, to, to manage fibromyalgia. So for an example, 
a group could be, um, we'll have a meditation group. We will have an, a journaling group, um, you know, get, get it out, um, get it out on paper. Um, we will have a dance group. We, we will have, um, we will teach people about scent therapy. Um, and, and the goal is that they will have access to all these groups. They will try all these groups and they will find what can help them calm the nervous system. But more importantly, the next time stress or any trauma shows up in, your, in their lives, they will have act, they, they will remember that and they can go back and use those modalities to, um, to help them. Um, to help them so that their nervous system is not um, impacted once again and, um, and causes them more, more fatigue, more pain. Um, we will also teach, you know, teach people about stretching. Stretching is also good for, for the pain. We will um, teach them about nutrition and certain foods that help with inflammation. If, you're, if you have inf inflammation in your body, it's going to show up as pain in your body. So, you know, how can we control that inflammation? And sometimes that inflammation can come from, from the food we eat. Sometimes it can also come from the stress that shows up in our lives. Um, so just note, note, also noticing those things, being mindful of that, you know, what I'm not feeling so well today, my fibro seems to be, be flaring up, you know, what, what happened or what, what, what happened that, 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 that I'm feeling like this again. Um, so I think that wraps up the, the virtual coordinated care program where as much as I'm um, I want to talk about right now. Um, do you have questions about the virtual coordinated care program? Well, the question I have is you talk about delivering fresh food. Tell us mm -hmm. the types of food that people with fibromyalgia would be better off eating or not eating. You know, that is also very individual. Um, I will, what I will say is that what I do hear a lot in the community and I've heard for a very long time in the community is that we are not supposed to eat vegetables like nightshade vegetables. So, um, for example, like tomatoes and eggplants that um, people with fibromyalgia have have trouble eating that and um, and sustaining that in their in their system. And I'm a person that I can I can make a mean eggplant lasagna and eat it, and I will not have any any reaction to it. Um, I love my tomato and cucumber sal salad. I don't have any reaction to it either. Um, so it is very, very personal and individual with, with fibromyalgia. Um, what, so when we deliver the food, we also make people very clear of that. If you do have a problem tolerating it, please let, let, us, let us know. And either you can give that to another family member or someone else or just let us know so that we make sure not to put it in your box the next time. I've um I've delivered nightshade um vegetables to all of our recipients and I have not heard that it, any of them have had um any reaction to it. Um we also in their fresh food on um, delivery boxes every at least once a month um we do put in a, a calming tea that is actually um locally grown here in Newark, New Jersey. And um and they they love that as well. They haven't had any any problems with that either. So it, it is very individual. Well you talked about what you have coming up in January. Is there anything else that people need to know about that your organization is going to be trying to do in the future? 
we're going to be trying to, 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 to bring this program to as many states as we can. So what, 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 although we are putting out the application and saying that it is for New Jersey, there have been people that have applied in other states. So if you are listening from another state and you would and you and you would want to be part of this program, please um, feel free to either send me an email or just fill out the application and we will have your information. And as we start launching the program in other states, we will make sure that um that you're on that list. Um, because currently we are only in the state of New Jersey, we're starting with 12 participants. And as of, as of today, we um, are almost at capacity. And then after that, it's going to be a waiting list. And, um, and, and the cohort does go for six months, so there probably won't be space opening up back up till, till July. So if you are in the state of New Jersey, please apply as soon as possible. It is a first come, first basis. And if you're in another state, you're also welcome, welcome to apply. We will reach out and let you know that we received the application and that once you we we are able to bring this program to your state that we will reach out to you and we will make sure that you are at the top of the list because it is a first come first serve basis. How can people help that, that want to assist your program? That's a great question. So we have tomorrow for Giving Tuesday, we're gonna be putting out five different ways that people can get involved, but I'm gonna tell you my top two um, today. Um, my top two is um, if you, want to volunteer with us regardless of what state you are in if um if you can donate one hour every two weeks and twenty dollars every two weeks please reach out to me we can use you to help us with the fresh food program we want to deliver food to people in different states um and and we are we are looking for volunteers in different places that that are willing to, to, to donate $20 in one hour every two, every two weeks um, to help out with the fresh food program. And then the second way, as I mentioned before, we only operate on donations. Um, at the current moment, we don't have any, any grant assistance. So obviously, you know, another way is um, to get involved is by, is by donating. Um, and I said two, but I'm gonna bring in three. And also, you know, doing doing the event in 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 your in your in your local city. Um, we do have during the month of May the Caterpillar Walk, um, which happens in New York and New Jersey. And in the past, we've had it um, in Florida. We've had it in the Bronx. We've had it in different places because people have hosted it in different places. So um, that's another way. If you, you know, if you want to bring an event to 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 your city, to your state, an awareness event please reach out. We will give you the tools. We will help you. We will walk you through it. And if we're able to, to be there, we, we will. Um, if not, we can celebrate via Zoom with you. Go ahead and throw out the contact information, your website, social media links, any way people can connect with Fiber Miles sure. Care Society. Sure. So the website is www.fibro.org org and you can find us on all social media by um, searching fibro cares f like in frank i b r o c a r e s um, we're on all social media and you can find us either with that hashtag or just at fibro cares okay give us some final thoughts to close it out 
final thoughts. My my final thoughts is it takes a community um, to to make change. Um, so so please again, once again, if you want to get involved, and even if if I said I know I said three ways, and if you you think you can't help in any of those three ways, but there's another way that you would like to help, please reach out as well. It's 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 going to take um, many voices many hands and um, many people with caring hearts to to come together and 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 enact change for the fibromyalgia community. Ladies and gentlemen, Millie Valence from fibro.org shared this to as many people as possible in the fibromyalgia community. And if you would like to volunteer, you know what to do. Go to the website, contact Millie, let her know how you can help. Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store, download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app, get this shared so we can assist the fibromyalgia community in any way we can. Millie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.